Hello, everybody. Renee and I just came back from a 62-day trip all across America. We went from sea to shining sea. Uh, we started in Texas, went to California, went back across to the East Coast, down the coast, Florida, back up and back again, made a huge rectangle. Administered in uh, 12 churches. Uh, we went to 24 states. We had something like 35 services. Uh, had a tremendous time, great people, great pastors, great friends and partners everywhere. And I tell you, the meetings were anointed. They, God moved, the Holy Spirit fell, and I was so thrilled. I mean, I'm, I'm encouraged and have a new hope for the church in America because people were hungry. There was none of the surface noise that you usually hear when people get through listening, uh, zipping their Bible cases, zipping purses, getting ready, leaving. Everybody stayed just intent. And some churches were even going, come on, preach longer, preach longer. And uh, even Renee preached two hours one night. And so we just had a great time, tremendous time. So today on our program, we're showing part four of the camp meeting that we did at Nancy Dufresne's great camp meeting. And uh, I preached about two hours. And so we split it up into sections. We've already done one, two, and three. If you've watched those already, I know you won't, don't want to miss today. And if you haven't watched the other three, you may want to go back and watch all four of them. Because I tell you, I covered a lot of territory. The Spirit of God spoke through me and people were pulling. And it was a tremendous uh, service, a tremendous uh, day. And uh, I know you'll be blessed. As soon as we get through with this, we'll start all over again. Uh, our, our pick up again on our spiritual authority series. I think we're on part like 19 and haven't even scratched the surface. So it's going to be good. It's going to be a blessing. Uh, and I'm encouraged about the word of God. I'm encouraged about the church. And we're, we're going to have to take the word, get in it, get serious, make it work, take authority, take dominion, and be the Christian God's called us to be. God bless you. Love you. You're more than conquerors. So all of heaven is watching the earth all the time, looking for a man or a woman that's going to use the Word of God, that's going to speak the Word of God, that's going to move on the Word of God. And when they do, heaven moves. Gospel's never explaining. It's announcing declarative statements. Jesus is Lord. There's no argument with that. Jesus is the Son of God. God sent His only Son, Jesus, to the world. Jesus was born of a virgin. See, though, though, you know, they crucified Jesus. His blood paid for you. He, he shed blood for you. You're so valuable. He loves you and died for you. And, he, and, and, the third, and they buried him, but the third day he rose again. That's all just declarative facts. And by believing on him tonight, if you accept him tonight, you can live with him forever. And then people get saved and we have miracles. Yes, Blind eyes open, deaf ears unstopped, cripples walk. Yes, sir. Come yes, on. Amen. Amen. I've had people say to me over the decades and decades, say, Brother Terry, would you teach me to win souls? I just I can't seem to win souls, especially with my relatives or my or my co-workers or something. Can you can you I said, Well, I can tell you exactly why you're not winning any souls with those folks. 
Well, why? I said, because you care too much. I said, because it's your relatives, you're trying to be nice. Because it's your coworker, you're trying to be nice. So you're trying to explain the gospel. And, and, and you can't do it. Nobody can explain the gospel. Billy Graham couldn't explain it. And he had a good job at soul winning, but he couldn't explain the gospel. He didn't understand it. You don't understand it. I don't understand it. Because it's a fact. It doesn't make sense. Faith doesn't make sense. Amen. God said to Noah, build a boat. It's going to rain. He said, what's rain? Didn't make sense. He's out there in his driveway for a hundred years. The guy's 500 years old and builds this ark for a hundred years in his driveway. Everybody comes by and laughs at him, makes fun of him. They, they, they leave in the morning, go to work, got their lunch pail. Hey, Noah, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> what are you doing, Noah? I'm building a boat. What for? Because it's going to rain. What's that? What's rain? It didn't make any sense until the thunder rolled. Yeah. Then they started running to the boat. But it was too late. God shut the door. And no man could open it. And all they could do, Pastor, is they were scratching on that. Don't you know they were scratching on that door? Don't you know that their fingers were bloody? Saying, girls, let me in. It's your mother. It's your sister. Open the door. Come on, guys. Eight people in the boat. This is your best friend. Let me in. Please let me in. Come on. Too late. Too late. See, that day's coming again. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. That day's coming again. Yes, sir. Yes, Are y'all here? Yeah. And all they could do is sing that same old sad song that the heathen have been singing for centuries and centuries and centuries as Jeremiah 8, 20. The summer's passed, the harvest is ended, and we're not saved. What a sad song that is. I can't sing it in agony of voice that they have because I don't feel like they feel because I'm redeemed. They're not redeemed. I'm going to teach King David a dance step or two he didn't know anything about when I get to heaven because he didn't even know what it's like to be redeemed. I do. Amen. But see, that day's coming again. It'll be too late. Does that make sense to you? We, we've, we've, and what, one other sign of the supernatural, and people forget about this, but I think it's one of the greatest signs of the supernatural is, Nancy, we give our money away. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody yeah. does that. Yeah. That freaks people out. Yeah. Freaks your relatives out. Yeah. Yeah. When they find out you give your money away. Yeah. Nobody does that. They, they tell you, hey, you got you to get all you can. You got to you know, store it in a can, then set on your can. I mean, you, you just got to, no, no, no. Hoard, hoard, hoard. Live by the law of the, you know, you know I'm a missionary. I have to use simple examples out, out in the jungle. If I say, you live by the law of the, of the hoe. Y'all know what a hoe is? Yeah. Live by the law of the rake where you're pulling back to you, back to you, back to you. Back. God wants you to live by the law of the shovel where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amen. God wants you to live in an open heart and open hand. Yes, because with a closed heart and a closed fist, you can't give, but neither can you receive. Amen. You know, when I was 18, we lived in the jungles of Panama, and we used to catch monkeys. We'd kill them and eat them, but then we'd, we'd catch them, too, because the, the natives would take them into Panama City and sell them live. And uh, 
and so the way we, the way we, we caught them is uh, we'd take a five-gallon water jug, glass, where you can see through it, no plastics back then, glass, and put a couple of bananas down in there. And then tie that jug to a tree somewhere and then set it out in a known spot where the monkeys hang out. And pretty soon, here comes a monkey. This is a true story. And I've had several preachers hear me say this over the years, and they've, they've told it like it was theirs, or they've written it in books, and they've used it for other, other examples, you know, on, on different reasons. But this, this, this is true. It really happened to me. Uh, I've really been there, done that. I'm not just preaching. And so uh, here'd come a monkey, and he'd put his hand down in there and grab that banana. But then he can't get his hand out. And he'd hear us coming, smell us coming, know he's going to lose his life or his freedom. He'd scream and yell and holler and jump around, drag that jug around as far as the rope would let him, never let go of it. And we'd get right up there and hit him in the head and put him in a bag, you know, because he just couldn't let go. He couldn't open his fist. You just, you just, God doesn't want you to live with a closed heart and a closed fist. Thank you for watching today. Renee and I always enjoy ministering to you. And one thing about the word, it works. I've always said about the, our books and tapes and products that there's no theory back there. It's 54 years of third world missionary evangelism that I know for a fact works. You know, the COVID thing is about wrapped up, thank God, and uh, different restrictions are lifting around the world. And so uh, we're beginning to move out around the world again, which is what we've done for 54 years. And so uh, we want to invite you to partner with us, to hook up with us, to go around the world with us. You know, in our as far as teaching and training, we train missionaries, uh, we train pastors, uh, I've had pastors' conferences in country after country after country, which is something God spoke to me to do when I was just a teenager, to train ministers. And so we've done that. But we also have open-air crusades and different kind of crusades in different nations uh, with healings and miracles and salvations. So we want to invite you to be partners with us as we have partnered with other ministries all, really all of our lives. And we pray for our partners daily. We'll pray for you daily. So make it a consideration. Make it a prayer. See what the Holy Ghost says to you. And we'd be glad to have you partner with us and go around the world with us. God bless you. Close fist. Amen. Giving our money away is a supernatural thing. Yes, it is. And then expecting God to return it back. I just think it's so cool that God and Jesus both in the Old Testament and New told us all these things about giving and receiving which just violates every principle of the world. And they thought it up. We, no preacher even thought it up. Jesus said, hey, give. It'll be giving you again. Good measure, press down, shake and gather right over. Jesus said, Mark 10, 29, 30, saying, hey, whatever you give for my sake and the gospels be returned to you now. This will have a hundredfold. Eternal life and life to come. Christians don't believe that. But Jesus himself said it. Paul told us if we'd sow, Romans, uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, not Chronicles, Corinthians, thank you. You know, he said, uh, when you sow, you become the sower. Way back in the early 80s, Oral Roberts called me one day and he said, Terry, right up here at the office. So he'd do that quite often when he lived in Tulsa and I lived in Tulsa. He later moved to California. But, but uh, a lot of times he or Evelyn would call and 
So, hey, run for, run, let's have coffee. Hey, run up for dinner or run for lunch. So, boy, I just dropped whatever I was doing. Jackie and I would, and we'd go up there. And so he'd give me lots of, lots of little golden nuggets. I love, I love fathers in the faith. Yes. I mean, I love these old generals, fathers and mothers in the faith. Oh, my goodness. I could talk all day about them. And, uh, and most of mine are gone now. I'm almost an orphan. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one left that's 100 year, be 100 years old the end of August, still preaching. And uh, Renee and I are flying down to Mexico City in August for his 100th birthday party. And, uh, and, and he's been my spiritual father since I was 18 years old. And so for 54 years. And then all these other fathers I've had over the years. And, and, and like I said, I've only got two left. And like I said, one's, one's you know, almost 90 and the other one's about 100 and the others are gone. But I love these fathers. Anyway, would, he'd do that every now and then. And so he called me in the early 80s when he said, said, hey, you and Jackie, come here at the office. I said, yes, sir. We just dropped what we was doing, ran up there. And he went and got an easel and set it in his office and told us to sit on the couch. And he preached us a sermon. We had our own personal sermon from Moore Roberts. And, and so he, he writes out this whole sermon. I mean, page after page after page of this easel, of this sheet. And, and he preached on money and giving and sowing and receiving. And, and he said, and he, he went to that scripture I just mentioned in, in Corinthians. And he said, he said when, you, when you release that money, when it leaves your hand, you become a sower. And he wrote big letters, S-O-W-E-R. You are the sower. You have sowed. Not the money you intended to sow, the money you wished you could sow, money you thought about sowing, but the money you've actually sown, you become the sower. And he just belabored the point for a while. You know, and he said, then God gives that. Back. And so God thought all that stuff up. Amen. Amen. I'm sitting on the couch watching him do all that. And he, I guess he, you know, knew what I was thinking. Because he said, you think I do this to everybody. You think this is how I get my kicks, right? Just calling young preachers in and doing this for them. And I said, yes, sir. I was kind of thinking that. And he's called his secretary in, Ruth Rooks. Ruth had been with him for 300 years, I think. And uh, <laughs> Ruth came in the office. He said, Ms. Rooks, come in here. And she came in. He said, see this? And she came around and looked at it. She said, yes, sir. He said, uh, have you ever seen me do this before? She said, no, sir, I've never, ever seen you do this before. First time. He says, right, it's the first time I've ever done it. He said, would you like a copy of this? I said, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I'd pay money or blood, whatever. I, yeah, I want it. Today, we just take a picture of it with our phone. Back then, he said, well, we'll have to send this downtown to, a, to, a, uh, to an architecture firm that can copy something this big, <laughs> you know. And, and so they did and then had it delivered out, out to the house. But, but God thought those things up. That's a supernatural thing that violates all the concepts. Right? Amen. I don't know about you, but I like the word. Gee. You know, when I was about 20, I don't know, seven years old, I was in Mexico and my friend Wayne Myers, who's my spiritual father, is about to be 100. Wayne uh, said to me, when, you know, when I met Wayne, I was 18, and he was like 45, and I thought he was really over the hill. I thought he was old. And uh, now I'm 72, and he's, you know, about to be 100. But anyway, he, uh, he said, Terry, I want you to go up here north to the, to the state of Hidalgo in a little town called uh, uh, Tepepulco. And he said, I want you to preach at this church. And so I want you to stay two weeks. He said, sometimes you got to stay two weeks just to break through the unbelief and the and the stuff, you know, and, and then start having, and start having miracles. And I said, yes, sir. So I went up there and very first day, <clears throat> uh, Sunday, I got there Sunday afternoon, preached Sunday night. 
And then it was Pentecostal church, and they had 400 people in the crowd. Uh, most of them, most of me, Indian. And, uh, and they just sat there uh, through the whole service. I mean, through the song service, through the preaching. They just never moved a muscle. They just said their body language was just, they were miserable. And I could tell they were miserable. I didn't know why they were miserable. I just thought, boy, this isn't good. And, uh, and, and so I got up and preached, and they didn't say amen. They didn't say hallelujah. They didn't raise their hand. They didn't shout. It's a Pentecostal church, man. And uh, they didn't even say hallelujah. Frank, a, a sweet little hallelujah. <laughs> no, nothing. And uh, so I finished preaching. And, and, and what I preached on is Ecclesiastes 4 says, where the word of a king is, there's power. And then Job twenty two twenty eight, you decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. And so I preached on that and I took, took them to the scriptures and proved that you're kings and priests. So therefore your words are with power and you, you know, you're supposed to decree a thing. And I went to, and trying to be there two weeks. I'm, they never said a word. You're miserable. I, I, I called them up for prayer after I finished, you know, and, and they came up and stood across the front and I went down and laid what brother Hagin used to say, laying empty hands on empty heads and nothing happened, man. They were just miserable. I mean, I put my hand on their head and there's nothing there. I mean, it, like putting your hand on a brick wall. Nothing happened. So we left and I stayed with the pastor back in those days. There's no hotel in town, no motel in town. I stayed with the pastor and see his wife was cooking us a meal that night. And I said, Pastor, what's wrong with your church? What is going on? I've never seen anybody so mere. They act like they're at a funeral. He said, well, Brother Terry, I shouldn't have had you come. He said, I should have canceled these meetings. He said, this is a really bad time for meetings. And I said, well, why? What's going on? And he said, well, he said, we're, we're an industrial town. He said, we're like Detroit is in America. So we build automobiles. And said, so we make good money in this town in the next town over. And he said, uh, but the plant here is closing this week. Wednesday morning, nine o'clock, they're locking the doors. And everybody's just de depressed. And he said, uh, the president of the, of the nation has been up here and made speeches and said, it's going to be bad. The economy is going to be bad, but the government will try to help us. But it's, it's, it's bad. And he said, I should have canceled. So the only reason I had you come is because Brother Wayne called me and told me to have you come. And I said, well, that's the only reason I came because he told me to come preach. And, uh, and, and he said, well, I'm sorry. He said, this, this is a bad time. And I said, was it a strike? He said, oh, no, no, it's, it's done. So they've made the speeches. They've signed the papers. They're locking the doors. It's, it's over. So Friday, some Monday night, I don't know why they came back, but all 400 of them came back. And so I preached to them. And they sit there miserable. I mean, just. And finally, I stopped right in the middle of my sermon. I said, excuse me. Hello, everybody. Hey, praise the Lord. Everybody, look up here at me. Can I have your attention, please? Hello. Look. Help. And they, you know, kind of looked up. And I said, pastor tells me that the plant down here is closing this week, Wednesday morning, 9 o'clock. And he says that because of that, y'all are losing your jobs. And uh, the economy is going to go terrible. That the president of the nation has been up here and said he tried to help you. But uh, everybody's depressed and upset. And I said, what I need to know from you, I need to ask you one question. I need to know. And I said, how many of you would it affect directly if the plant closes? Either you work there, your husband works there, your brother works there, your dad works there. No women would have worked there in those days. Uh, but so, but who, who, somebody works there that would affect you directly if they lose their job. Almost the whole church raised their hand. I said, great, that's all I need to know. I said, I taught you last night that where the word of a king is, there's power. And I taught you to, 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 to decree a thing and it'll be established unto you. 
I told you, you were kings and priests and your words are with power, but I'm a king and a priest and my words are with power and I can decree a thing and it'll be established. And I said, I know the president said it's closing. I know the company says it's closing. The corporate headquarters says it's closing. The, the co- company in the States, the company in Mexico says it's closing. You say it's closing. Pastor says it's closing. I said, but I decree to you as a man of God in the name of Jesus and the office of apostle that God's called me to, that plant will not close down Wednesday morning nor thereafter. And if it does, you can tell everybody in these two cities, the God of Terry Mize is a liar. And I said, if it closes down, I'm a false prophet. I'm not a man of God. You don't ever have to listen to me again. I said, in fact, if it closes Wednesday morning, I'll pack my bags Wednesday and leave town. I won't even be here Wednesday night. There's no reason for you to listen to me. I'm a liar. My God's a liar. I'll just go home. I said, but I'm not packing. I'm not leaving. I'm going to be here Wednesday night. We're going to have church. Not an amen in the house. Not a hallelujah, nothing. Just so I finished my sermon. I called folks up for prayer. Empty hands, empty head, nothing happened. Tuesday night, I don't know why, Morgan, but they all came back, 400 of them. I preached. They sit there miserable. I stopped in the middle of my sermons. Hey, everybody look up here. Hello, hello. I told you last night, I need to tell you again. I decree as a man of God in the name of Jesus in the office of, of apostle God's called me to. The plant's not going to close in the morning. Nor thereafter. And if it does, you can tell everybody in Tepeapulco, Ciudad Sagun, that the God of Terry Mize is a liar, and I'll pack my bags and leave town because I'm a false prophet. But I'm going to be right here. We won't have church. They said to Nothing. Finished my sermon, called folks for prayer, empty hands, empty heads, nothing happened. But you know what? Wednesday morning, the plant didn't close. And Wednesday night, Nancy, we had some church. And I, and, and there wasn't just 400 there. I mean, that thing was jam, cram, packed. People sitting in the aisles. People sitting along the walls. The door, the windows were open. People standing outside, 10 and 12 deep, looking in. And I mean, we had six children that were deaf and mute, healed by the power of God. We had we had a little girl die that week. We raised her from the dead. We had a lady with a huge gorder in the center of her chest. And I reached over and cursed it, and it fell off. Uh, had a guy with a stroke that dr- drug one side of his body. And God healed him. I mean, just miracle after miracle, after miracle after miracle after miracle. The pastor himself had had surgery before I got there, and had a, a plastic bag hanging outside his body with tubes running into it. And the doctors had told him, the rest of your life, you can only eat. Uh, mashed up like baby food, vegetables with no seasoning whatsoever. I mean, no, no chili. Ni salsa, ni picante, ni nada de eso. Which is a death sentence to a Mexican. And, uh, and back in those days, they didn't have, you know, food processors. I mean, she took that old stone mortar and pestle and, and just, you know, mashed up those vegetables. Not, no, no seasoning of any kind on them. And, and, and three meals a day, she cooked me a normal meal and cooked him that every, three times a day. And he sat there and ate that stuff, and I sat there and ate good stuff. And uh, one night during that two weeks of meeting, I turned around to him and I said, Pastor, he sat over here on the platform, I said, Pastor, you're healed by the stripes of Jesus. You go out and eat anything you want. He went out that night and ate barbecued goat and was completely healed by the power of God and was healed for the rest of his life. Amen. Now, driving home from that after two weeks and all those miracles and wonderful things, driving home, or not home, I was going back to Mexico City. And uh, um, I I said to the Lord uh, as I was driving along, I said, Lord, I said, something bugs me about this meeting. 
I said, I heard myself say that that plant won't close down Wednesday morning, nor thereafter. I said, I'm not sure what that means. I said, uh, if that plant closes down in two weeks or two months or six months, people are going to say that's not a miracle. And I said, I don't know how long to keep my faith on this thing, but I said, I, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. And so I'd pray in tongues and I'm driving, praying in tongues, driving, talking to the Lord. Finally, I said, you know what, Lord? I said, I, I think 10 years would be more than fair. I said, I don't think anybody would argue if it stayed, if a plant stayed open 10 years. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. that's a valid, nobody can argue with that. That's right. So for 10 years, I checked with them. That was January 1977. I checked with them until 1987. Still open. But I have friends in Mexico City when I go down there and preach that actually still sell to that plant. They come up to me and say, Brother Terry, the plant's still open. <laughs> and I mean, this is 2020. And, uh, and it's never closed. He said, they tell that story all over town. I said, they don't remember your name. They just say some young gringo missionary uh, <laughs> came, up here and, came up here and declared the plant wouldn't close and it never has closed. And they give God the glory for it. But see, we're, we're going to have to speak a thing. If we're going to operate in faith, we're going to have to declare the Word of God yes. and act on the Word of God yes. so heaven knows what we're supposed to, what yes. they're supposed to do because yes. they don't know what they're supposed to do yes. until you say something and do something. That's in line with the Word. A lot of y'all know my story. I won't go into it. It's already 12 o'clock. I, I won't go into details, but... But a lot of y'all know my story about when I was 24 years old in Mexico, living there as a missionary, I, I picked up a hitchhiker just outside of Zacatecas. And uh, he, he got in the car with me. I thought I'd give him a ride. And, and so I've got a tape of Brother Copeland's in the, in the player on the integrity of the Word of God. So Kenneth's preaching, and I'm driving to Guadalajara. And, uh, and so I picked him up, and he got in the car, and I took off. And, and I'm just not paying attention to him. I'm just driving, and, 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 and pretty fast, because it's a straightaway before I hit the mountains. And so I'm driving along there, and I, I'm thinking in Spanish, because I'm thinking, i gotta, I got to talk to this guy in Spanish. He doesn't speak English, so i got to witness to him. And so uh, finally I figured what I was going to say, and I turned to say it to him. And whenever I did, he just reached in his coat and put out a pistol. And he cocked the hammer on the pistol and just reached over and slammed it into my ribs hard and reached over with his left hand and caught my collar like this. So I'm, I'm driving the car and he's got my collar like this. And, got, and he screamed at me and said, I'm going to kill you. Only in Spanish. Take away my time. Hello, everybody. Renee and I just want to remind you that the greatest miracle of all time and the only eternal miracle is salvation. So uh, let's just do that right now. Pray this prayer after me. Father God, I come before you today to accept Jesus. I believe in my heart Jesus is the Son of God. I call on you today according to your word. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood. Make me a new creature. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, and I'll serve you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, the Bible says you're saved. You're born again. So write us, let us know, tell somebody that you prayed with Terry and Renee and that you gave your heart to Jesus. We love you. God bless you. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to let you know that the next two podcasts, as he said earlier, that are going to be coming on over the next two weeks of that camp meeting where he preached at Pastor Nancy Dufresne's church was absolutely spectacular. 
the anointing in that room alone with all of those preachers within her ministry that had attended that camp meeting, it was absolutely fiery, full of the Holy Ghost. And I would encourage you to set your face to hear that so that God can speak to you and you can get healed. <laughs> you can have a lot of things. A lot of wisdom can come to you just from those two services. So please stay tuned over the next two weeks. God bless you. You are more than conquerors. Bye-bye. He just kept telling me that he was going to kill me. And I kept telling him that he was not. I said, God, if he pulls the trigger, my job is to believe your word, and your job is to do something about the bullet.